This is episode five of the Great Speech Podcast on the four fundamental flaws of leaders that fail. Ooh, that was a mouthful. It's a Great Speech Podcast for the public speakers. We're going way down deep to look at what makes a communicator. We'll look at all different topics from the bottom to the top. So get your mind free of all the distractions and please listen up, listen up, listen up. It's the Great Speech Podcast. 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 Thanks, Dad. Hey, hey, hey. Greetings, my great communicators. Welcome back to the Great Speech Podcast. Now, don't worry in case you were thinking, hold on, did he just say episode five? I thought the last one was episode three. It was, but remember, episode three, which was on the greatest speeches by women, was divided into two halves. So instead of kind of having a conflict between what the title says and the number of episodes, I thought I would just say this is now episode five. So there was no specific episode four This is episode five, which is kind of the fourth one that I've done. Uh, Let's leave that. It's getting too confusing. Okay, so this week we are going to be talking all about leadership. So let us start with the quote of the episode, which this one is a Sudanese proverb. uh, And it says, a large chair does not make a king. A large chair does not make a king. And in fact, if you are friends of mine and connected with me on my WhatsApp profile, if you go to that and look at my picture, you know, WhatsApp always gives you the opportunity to have a quote as well. Well, you will see that that is the quote on my profile because I really have been, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I've certainly really been focused on leadership for, I would say, the last 15 years of my life. It's really not something that I was that interested in when I was younger. I had really no leadership roles. In fact, I remember at school uh, very early on uh, in my sixth form, I was made a house captain of my school. That's kind of a it's not like the massive honor. The school captains were like the highest level. But I was a house captain of my school for one term and I gave it up because it just was too hard work. It just didn't work. I didn't feel like I really could be captain of anyone. So I came to leadership as a topic, as an issue, really quite late in my life, really when I became actually a member of the 100 Black Men of London, I eventually became its president. And that really taught me the essence of leadership, taught me about what it takes to try to empower other people, lead other people. So I've really come to it quite late in life, but it is now a topic that I'm very much focused on. Now, why then do I talk about it at all on a podcast that is called The Great Speech Podcast? People have asked me about that, actually, which is, hold on, aren't you supposed to just be doing speeches? I do a lot of public speaking, but I really talk about this as a communication podcast, really. And under communication, there are so many different strands and elements to it. Uh, of which leadership is one. So why leadership? Well, here's the thing. If you look in the world at the moment right now, right, in my view, the world is in real trouble. You know, you look towards, look look in Europe and look at Brexit. You look you know, towards Russia and see the impact of Vladimir Putin and what he's doing, not only to the world, but to the Russian economy itself, the Russian country itself. You look at, you know, the failings of Aung San Suu Kyi in Myanmar. You look in Africa and, you know, the the real, the tragedy of what part of what Jacob Zuma did in South Africa, what's even going on in my country in Buh- with Buhari in Nigeria. 
You look in the States, of course, and the whole country is just tearing itself apart with divisions left, right, conservative, liberal, you know, Trump and his uh, people versus the Democrats. All over the world, it seems to me that there is a real lack of leadership, a real lack of focus on what it means to bring people together, to unite, to aspire to a greater vision, which is what leaders do, which is what leaders are about. And I am tired of it. I am done with it. It is so infuriating. Whatever happened to the people who had great aspirations and vision and did the hard work to take us there? What happened to those people? Well, I got so frustrated that I thought, yeah, I'm going to start writing about this, start uh, blogging about this, doing videos about this. So this is my podcast on the question of leadership. Uh, If you hear my voice is a little bit kind of nasal, (laughs) it's because I get hay fever and this is my hay fever season. I get hay fever kind of quite early in the season, usually in the April when the cherry blossoms and stuff come out. So apologies if you can hear it sounds a little bit nasal in my voice today. So leadership we're going to look at in this podcast, but I wanted to come at it at from a different point of view, because to be honest, there are loads of blogs, there are loads of podcasts, there are loads of articles, videos, all sorts of things and books, of course, all about what makes good leadership. You know, what is what does it mean to be a great leader? How do you inspire people? All of that stuff. There's lots of stuff on that. And even I do a lot of training on that. But I wanted to come at it from a different angle, which is to focus actually on what it means to be a bad leader. I think very often you can learn a lot more from poor examples of the topic you're focusing on than from just looking at the good examples. And so I thought, why not do something on bad leadership? And so this podcast, as you can see, is called The Four Fundamental Flaws of Leaders That Fail. Because I have, I, in, in my view, of course, there are a lot of things that leaders get wrong. But in my view, they're kind of four different topics or four different sections of leadership that if you fall down on them, if you fail on them, will really affect your ability, undermine your ability to lead people, to carry people along with you. And so I thought, why not? Why not spend a podcast looking at those things? Uh, and in fact, what I'm hoping is that once you start to hear these divisions, you will see that actually a lot of the failings that the leaders that we are worried about in the world right now, whether it's in your workplace, <laughs> whether it's, you know, on the grand political, uh, the, the grand political scene, or, or whether it's you personally, you'll see that some of the flaws that you kind of realize fall into these four buckets, in my opinion. So that's what we're going to look at today. Let me quickly jump to review corner. Just to acknowledge a couple of reviews, thank thanking you all again for, uh, you know, for, apart from the reviews that have been put on Apple Podcasts, there have been so many people reaching out to me just saying, hey, they're enjoying the podcast and listening. So I want to thank you all for that uh, again. But as I say, I always promise to give a quick shout out to a couple of people who have actually done reviews of the podcast. Uh, so there's one here from uh, Bradley. Thank you, Bradley. He says, I've known Collar as a work colleague. Yes. In fact, uh, Bradley and I used to work together. So pretty cool that he's 
done a review although he's actually moved to spain now and he kind of sent me a picture of you know his backyard with you know great sunshine and pools so i'm not really sure i should be reading out this review to you brad but anyway for you brad uh but he says um yeah uh, i've learned a ton from his advice on public speaking which has helped me deliver when taken to the stage to speak in front of a crowd ton of value to learn in this podcast i'd recommend it to anyone thank you very much from that brad i really appreciate that uh, enjoy your sangrias and stuff. Uh, and then there's another podcast here from G Cirque uh, saying, love it. Excellent podcast. Very intriguing. Short and sweet, but much appreciated. Thank you. So I appreciate that. Please put your uh, send your reviews in. It helps us rise within the kind of podcast world, uh, which will help more people find this podcast, which I hope will mean that more people get the message of taking their communication and public speaking and presentations seriously, which can only be a good thing for the world. So let us go on to the topic, which is about leadership and in particular, bad leadership. What are the failings of leaders? I said to you that there were four fundamental flaws. So let's get on with flaw number one. So in my view, flaw number one is all about lack of vision, lack of vision. One of the single most important or or worst failings of leaders is that they don't have a vision. They don't have a destination. They don't have a grand thought, a grand idea that they're trying to lead everybody into. They're trying to get everybody to buy into so that everyone comes along with what they're doing. A lot of times leaders just get on with stuff. They say, "This is I'm going to do this. Everybody, this is your job. This is your job. This is your task. Let's go. And that's fine. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't give people a reason for what they're doing. It doesn't give people a sense of, well, we're on a journey towards a destination so I can understand why it is that I am doing what you're suggesting. If any of you have ever watched an excellent TED Talk, it's one of my favorite kind of all-time TED Talks, which is the one by Simon Sinek on why leaders take action. It's kind of probably more popularly known as Start With Why, because he wrote a book about it as well. Well, in that TED Talk and in that book, he talks about the importance of leaders making sure that they establish why, what, what, um, why they want people to do something, the reason, the true reason that they are leading people anywhere. You know, he talked about Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. And it was that dream that he was getting people to aspire to and that destination that he was trying to take people to. Well, the failure to articulate a compelling why is one of the biggest flaws in leaders that fail. You know, if you think about, I'm sorry to say, Theresa May uh, in Britain right now uh, is the current prime minister, at least as of doing this podcast, people, you know, they've got the knives out for her. So who knows how long she will last. But in my personal opinion, while she has got a lot of personal uh, strengths as a person, she's incredibly resilient. You can tell that she has a, a strong sense of duty. She has singularly failed to articulate a compelling vision of what it is she wants for the country throughout this whole Brexit period. And as a result, she's gone from one point to another point to another point. And I think that is a big reason why she has struggled with really achieving any measure of success in regards to Brexit. Now, Brexit is a very tough proposition, of course, but so what? You're a leader. Leaders are meant to go in where it is tough, 
work out what they want to do, where they want to take the country and to get people on board with that journey. That is what leadership is meant to be. And I think a large part of the problems that she is have having is because she really hasn't settled on her in her own mind on a compelling vision for the country. You know, there's there's a little story. You know, I love my stories. Uh, you probably have heard this one before. Stop me, but uh, I will do it anyway. There's a little story of uh, it's called the Traveler and the Stonecutter, where a traveler's walking down the road and uh, he sees a stonecutter cutting stone. You know, completely miserably, just chipping away a stone. And the traveler says, "What are you doing?" He says, "Well, I'm cutting stone. I get one stone, shape it down, cut it, move on to the next stone, shape it down, and cut it. And that's all I do. It's the worst job in the world." And the traveller kind of moves swiftly on. Cairo's on walking down the road and meets another stonecutter. And the stonecutter is cutting stone. But this one is doing it with total enthusiasm and and energy and and passion. And the traveller asks, "Uh, hello, uh, what are you doing? And he says, I'm a stonecutter. I cut stone. I take one stone, chip it down, shape it. And then I move on to the next one, chip it down and shape it. It's the greatest job in the world. And, of course, the traveller asks, uh, quite confused, uh, because they seem to be doing the same job, and asks the stonecutter, well, why? He says, because I am building a cathedral. And the point of that story is that the one person who had nothing in particular that they were aiming for felt the drudgery of that job. They did it. They had no passion for it. Whereas the other person who did know exactly what it is that he was trying to achieve, why he was doing what he was doing, did it with complete passion and love and enthusiasm. And one of the greatest flaws of a leader is the failure to get people on board with a great vision. Now, whilst I think he has a lot of flaws as a leader, uh, President Trump, I was going to call him General Trump, (laughs) probably is how he would want to be called, uh, General Trump, uh, in fact, Part of the big reason that he was able to succeed, certainly in terms of the election, and to a large extent has retained what he sees as his people, (laughs) you know, which is not necessarily the whole country, but certainly his base, is because he actually presented a compelling vision. The whole Make America Great Again mantra, even though there's very little substance to it, nevertheless, for his people, was a vision. It was a vision of, you know, America on the shining hill, let's get back to the glory days. Yes, there's flaws in it, but it doesn't change the fact that he articulated a vision and people bought into it. And so that shows you how important that particular issue is. And in fact, If you look at uh, Hillary Clinton, she simply did not articulate a very compelling vision. And so she didn't give people something to buy into. And that, I think, is a large problem. Uh, Coming back to Brexit with the Brexit vote. In fact, a lot of what the Brexit Brexiteers did was present a vision of people. Let's take back our independence. Let's get away from Europe and once again be the great empire of Britain. That was the kind of the ethos of it. And again, I think there are flaws in that idea, but it was a vision that a lot of people bought into. Whereas on the Remain side of things, people just didn't articulate a compelling reason to stay in Europe. Uh, Even though there were many, they didn't do it properly. And so as a result, you had people saying, you know what, let's go with the independence vision. So that shows you how important this first flaw is, that failure to articulate a proper vision. If you are a leader, 
be certain that as much as you get people doing the work for you, as much as you get people, you know, willing to, uh, to willing to support you as a leader, make sure you set out your why, your destination, your vision, your ultimate objective, your ultimate goal, something that gets all of them wanting to work towards that one direction and one destination. So, that was floor one. What do you think? Let me take a drink of water because I am parched. My hay fever doing it to me again. Uh, and then we'll go into floor number two. Mm. So floor number two. This one is now more personal to you. So the last one was about how you set you know, externally a, a great vision for people. This one is about negative personal characteristics negative personal characteristics and again this one is incredibly important why because it is very difficult to be a great leader if you have personal characteristics that just get in the way of that that put people off that mean that people will not warm to you or will not want to follow you even though even if they're they're forced to so what do we mean by negative characteristics. Well, you know, you're thinking about things like greed and arrogance and egotism and weak will and laziness and, you know, short-sightedness and being thin-skinned or being overcritical. You're thinking about those kinds of traits in you, that's in yourself, that hamper your ability to inspire other people, your ability to uh, retain loyalty of other people, your ability to drive other people to success. It's very important. Very often as leaders, especially bad leaders, we focus on the flaws of the people around us. We focus on what other people are doing wrong instead of being clear that whilst we may well have positive traits, you know, presumably there are good things that you have, which is the reason you became a leader there are also negative traits that we have that if you don't pay attention to will get in the way of you being able to lead others. There's a story of a woman in India who was trying to get her her child to stop eating so much sugar. And so she went on a long journey to go and see uh, Mahatma Gandhi. You know, she thought, oh, yes, Mahatma Gandhi would inspire my son. I think it was a son, my son to stop eating so much sugar. And so she went on this long journey, uh, introduced her son to Mahatma Gandhi and said, look, can you please tell my son to stop eating so much sugar? And Mahatma Gandhi says, "Uh, yeah, sure, no problem. Come back in two weeks. And so the mother was very confused, but nevertheless, she went back on the long journey back home. And then two weeks later, took the same journey back to meet Mahatma Gandhi and said, uh, OK, we're back. And so Mahatma Gandhi said to the son, you really should stop stop eating so much sugar. And that was it. And the the lady, the mother uh, was happy that he had given the instruction, but also said, why couldn't you have told her that to told my son that two weeks ago? To which uh, Gandhi replied, two weeks ago, I was eating too much sugar. And the the moral of that story is that Gandhi kind of recognized that, look, if I want to try and empower other people uh, and lift up other people and lead other people, I myself have to eliminate any negativity or negative tr- personal traits. And so that is something that as a leader, you must be mindful of. Be aware of the traits that you have. Be aware of the negative traits that you have and make sure you work on eliminating 
or reducing those negative traits or dealing with the impact of those negative traits and being clear on what it does to other people and how it affects your ability to lead them. So that is flaw number two, negative personal character traits, uh, of which uh, President Trump has many. And as I said, although on the one hand, he had articulated a compelling vision, uh, the reason I consider that he is in fact a bad leader is because I think he has far too many negative personal characteristics. And the thing about negative personal characteristics is that how you yourself are is very much often how your team ends up being. So you take someone like Trump, he lies a lot. And as a result, the rest of his team lies a lot. He shows no loyalty. And as a result, the rest of his team show no loyalty. He's very ill-disciplined. You know, he doesn't take the time to study, to read, to learn things. He just thinks he knows it all. As a result, a lot of his team take that same approach. You find very often people are not well-versed in what they do. They simply kind of do it fly by night. Uh, comparison to Obama, who also had other traits, which I think um, were were not positive, but he was a very studious and very uh, careful man. He was a very decent man. And as a result, you saw that a lot of his team were also very studious. They were decent people. You know, he had literally nobody who was indicted for crimes and so forth. So it shows you how important addressing your negative traits are because as well as making it difficult for people to want to follow you if they don't like a lot of those characteristics, it also reflects on your team. Your team pretty much becomes the embodiment of who you are. So be careful of those negative character traits. Okay, floor number three. Now, with floor number three is all about what I think, in fact, is is certainly a central element of leadership, which is your ability to empower other people. A big flaw in leaders is that they think of leadership as, I am the person here and the rest of you must follow me. I am the leader and you are my followers. I am the son and you are the sun worshippers, right? That's the way they look at leadership. Uh, for any of you football fans out there, and I mean real football, right? As in football that you play with your feet, not soccer for all my American listeners. <laughs> well, for any of you who are football fans, you will know of uh, Jose Mourinho, who was kind of leader of Chelsea, then Manchester United. Uh, he's done a lot of other clubs as well. Very successful manager. But one of the issues I had with him is that he always made every story about him personally. That, in fact, is why, what led to his demise. If you look at his his career, he was pretty much sacked from every club that he he led, uh, even though he had succeeded at pretty, pretty much every club that he led. He won cups and so forth. And I think a lot of that is because people got tired of the fact that he made everything about him personally. And that is what a lot of people do. Instead of focusing on what the true others to create a team of leaders rather than a team of followers, they actually focus on themselves. They want to be the sun. They want to be the center of attention. And as a result, instead of building a team around them, they focus on either doing everything themselves, you know, with the whole, you know, if you want it done properly, make sure you do it yourself. And as a result, they don't build a team that actually helps them achieve far more. 
There is a great quote, and you know I love my quotes, by uh, Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher, especially military philosopher. And he said this, he said, A leader is best when people barely know he exists. When his work is done and his aim fulfilled, they will say, we did it ourselves. And I live by that quote. A lot of the times now, because I, I have leadership positions now, I try very much to focus on how can I work with the members of my team, often in private, often away from kind of the, the limelight or the spotlight. And how can I help build those members of my team? How can I help them improve their various uh, capacities, their abilities, their traits? How can I help them with whatever tasks they're achieve, they're trying to achieve so that they really know how to do it well? I think that is a big part of leadership and something that all of us should really uh, aspire to and resist, resist the urge to just do it yourself. Resist the urge, in fact, to do something for other people rather than helping them do it for themselves. Uh, there is another story uh, of uh, a young boy who, uh, uh, I'm going to say a young girl, actually, I think it was a young girl um, in the story, uh, who saw a uh, um, a cocoon, a butterfly cocoon, and saw a butterfly trying to struggle to come out of the cocoon. And there was a little hole that you could see the butterfly trying to work its way through, and it was really, really struggling, and it really couldn't uh, come out of it. And so the little girl decided to help the butterfly along and and made the hole slightly larger so that it was easier for the butterfly to climb out of it. And sure, sure enough, the butterfly did. But what the girl noticed was that the butterfly had an engorged body and its wings were not really developed, and pretty soon the butterfly died. And what the uh, girl realized from speaking with with her mother about it was that because she hadn't just allowed the butterfly to work its own way uh, through the hole to make uh, make the hole larger by its own efforts all the fluid that should flow to the butterfly's wings at its, as it's developing in the cocoon just didn't. They stayed in its body. And as a result, when it came out of the hole without using its own efforts, it hadn't been fully developed. And so it failed and, and then it died. And that's kind of a, a good story for remembering that a big part of your role as a leader is to empower, is to build up the capacity of other people to do it for themselves so that they feel that they did it themselves. You want to, instead of trying to be the sun, you want to be the moon, right? So the moon is reflected glory. The moon is basically just the sun's light reflected. And that's what you want to be. You want to say, you're the team. You guys get all the credit. I will take the blame if there's any blame to take. But if there's any credit, congratulations, team. And you want them feeling, as Lao Tzu said, that they did it themselves. That is the true essence of leadership. And a big failing of bad leaders is that they want it all for themselves. They want everybody to defer to them. They want everyone to say, see, you were the one, great one, O oh leader, and without you, we could not have achieved it. That is the opposite of leadership. It's the opposite of trying to empower other people. So that is flaw number three, is the failure to empower, the desire to be everything rather than give other people the credit and the glory. And finally, we move on to floor number four, the final floor. This is one that actually I have to say that I had the personal experience of learning uh, the hard way, uh, you know, working with, with teams. It's one thing that I didn't focus on. And it's simply this is they fail to build 
a team spirit. You fail to build a team spirit. Now, why is that important? Well, you can articulate a compelling vision, right? So let's say you don't have floor number one. You can have great personal characteristics and you've really worked on yourself so that you are the kind of person that your team actually wants to work for. So you've eliminated floor number two. And let's say you really work hard to empower people, right? So you've eliminated floor number three. You'd think that those three things would mean, yeah, this person is going to be a great leader. But here's the thing. If your team doesn't feel like a team, if they feel like a bunch of individuals, if they haven't gelled together and pulled together and tried to be essentially greater than the sum of their parts, your team will simply not achieve anything close to its potential. And that is a big failing of leaders as they lose sight of the importance of forging a sense of team, a team spirit. You know, that sense that we will fight for each other, we'll die for each other, we'll protect each other, we will go the extra mile for each other. That is incredibly important for a team and is it is the leader's responsibility to ensure that you build that team spirit. Now, you can do it, of course, in a number of ways. It can be as simple as making sure that your team have, you know, bonding experiences. Uh, It can be as simple as, in the sense, you know, protecting your team and saying, look, I've got your back and making the team feel like, yes, we're all in this together. It doesn't really matter how you try to achieve that goal, but you must, as a leader, focus on forging a sense of team spirit within that team so that they see themselves as one unit. Because it is when your team sees itself as one unit that they will start to create things that even you hadn't perceived could be created. They will start to figure out problems together that even you didn't think could be worked through. It's one of the most important elements of leadership, but very, very often underestimated. I have to say that I very often didn't do this when I was, especially in my early days as a leader, I very much had the view that we're all here to work. We all believe in the vision. Vision. Let's get on with it. And what I was finding was that when things got a little bit tough, you know, say in a project, you know, you've been doing it for a couple of months. So naturally, you know, passions start to wane. What I was finding was that there wasn't a kind of a glue that kept us going, that stuck stuck us together because I hadn't focused on working on that team spirit so that we got ourselves through the tough time. So now I pay just as much attention to forging that team ethic, that bond. You know, I make sure that we go out for meals. I make sure that we're laughing and joking with each other. You know, we take the mickey out of each other. We celebrate birthdays and events and things like that. The things that actually have nothing to do with the work itself but nevertheless, give people that forged bond so that they see themselves as together. And then once you do that, you start to work for each other. You start to cover when other people, you know, one of your team messes up. You praise the other team member. You put the other team member forward and they will do the same for you as well. Very, very important uh, uh, trait of teamwork. And it is the leader that leads that effort. So floor number four is the failure of leaders to forge that team spirit. And it has to be you as the leader. Don't assume that it will happen by accident or that the rest of the team will do it for you. And that is floor number four. 
those are the four fundamental flaws of leaders that fail. What do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have your own experiences of leadership that mean that there are other flaws that you think are just as important, if not more important, that don't fall fall into those four buckets? Or are you completely with me and you think, Gola, this is a revelation. I will now change my entire approach to leadership. Whatever it is, I would love to hear from you. But I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you found some value in it. And I hope that you will go on to be an exceptional leader in your own right. If you love to read stuff, because I love to read, uh, I've written a blog blog article on this on my website. If you go to greatspeech.co, that's greatspeech.co forward slash bad hyphen leadership, I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, sorry, somebody trying to call me. <laughs> see, again, the problem of one take. Uh, if you look in the show notes, you will see the link to the article where you can read all about uh, the four fundamental flaws of leaders that fail. That's greatspeech.co forward slash bad hyphen leadership. Uh, enjoy that. I will see you on the next episode when I'm going to return to speech proper for all the people saying, why doesn't he do more stuff about speeches? And I'm going to be talking about how to be funny in a speech when you're not that funny in real life. A lot of people worry about humor. They want to use humor in a speech. They're not entirely sure how to do it. So I'm going to give you my own strategy and approach for how to be funny in a speech, even if you're not really a comedian. So thank you for listening. I shall leave you uh, with uh, goodbye in Yoruba. Uh, Udabo. That is goodbye. Udabo.